And now it's McGarry and Greenslade. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun. You can also go with Brett and Brit if you prefer. <laughs> Brittany Greenslade in for Greg Mackling. Greg's a little under the weather today, so Brittany Greenslade has stepped into the breach, trading her television hat for radio headphones for a couple of hours at least. For a few hours. Brett and Brit could get confusing, though. It yeah. can get really confusing for people. Well, especially, and Jerry, you can actually probably attest to this. How would you say Brett with a New Zealand accent? Because I've heard it. Brit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of right, right up the middle. <laughs> and this is also, while we're on the subject of our names, I looked up once the, the origin or what the name Brett means. Oh. And it means a native of Brittany. Oh. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> So or, really, you're just me? I guess so, oh, yeah. Right. Apparently, it's an area in France. Well, that's awkward. It's derived from the surname Breton or Britain. Uh, it's an English baby name, I guess. Anyway, there you go. So, uh, thanks for coming in today. I guess you won't make your... Uh, you are an, or an, you're an early bird gym rat, are you not? I am. I'm actually supposed to be at spin class right now, so... That's your fault. <laughs> well, can you go after? <laughs> I'll, I'll go in the afternoon, yeah. Oh, I usually do an early morning one. Um, if my trainer is listening to this, he can attest that some days I don't make it and I get a, a text message from him asking <laughs> where I am. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, today was supposed to be 6 a.m. spin class. Instead, we are doing the radio thing. Well, what time does your shift typically begin at work? If you have to go to the gym at 6 a.m., are you starting work at 8 o'clock, or what's the deal there? Oh, I'm just a morning person. Oh, I start at, I'm usually in the newsroom for 9 o'clock. Okay. Getting... What time do you go to bed usually? Oh, that depends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Some I days I fall asleep on the couch at 8 o'clock. Well, I'm not <laughs> Other days, to... midnight. I don't know. I'm not trying to interrogate you. I've just I've <laughs> always uh, admired the dedication of uh, the early morning gym rats because I... I uh, believe it or not, I, I really don't like getting up early in the morning. This this morning shift kind of is counterintuitive to, uh, uh, we were actually speaking with sleep expert Diana McMillan later this morning, and she often talks about circadian mm-hmm. rhythm, and mine tends to be more nocturnal. I like to go to bed at 2.30, not wake up at 2.30. Yeah, see, when I moved here, I was working for the morning show for Global News, so it was 2.30 a.m. wake up, so this is a nice sleep in. Oh, yeah, that's right. She, you, you got in at 5. I came in a bit early today at 3.30. Um, so you found a whole bunch of interesting stories right before we went on the air. Uh, one of them involved cocaine shoved in pineapples. What's this, the story there? Yeah, it was uh, an arrest made by police and they actually a seizure. And it was a shipment of boxes and boxes of pineapples. And they took the skin off, and what they found inside was cocaine that was wrapped in a yellow wax. So even when you took apart the skin, it still kind of looked like a pineapple. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the extent of which drug dealers will go to hide those drugs to get them across the border. But it uh, it was super interesting. If you look at it, it looks like a pineapple. And you, this is on, you were looking at Global's uh, Facebook page? Yeah, we were on our Facebook page here. It, uh, it's super interesting. I'm going to try to pull this up for you here. Yeah, it's, uh, it is funny when, when you see the extent that uh, they'll go to. I mean, obviously, when I watch shows like uh, Better Call Saul, for example, involves a lot of stuff with drugs crossing the border from Mexico into the United States. And you, th- you would think that all the creative lengths they go to 
are just fiction that people are cooking up, but clearly they're drawing no. upon real life stuff. This is the most elaborate thing I think I've ever seen. <laughs> this was in South America. It was a joint operation between Spanish and Portuguese police. It resulted in the seizure of 745 kilos of the drug. And it was actually a 10-month investigation. But if you look at the video, you can go to our Global Winnipeg Facebook page. It's on there. Um, they These were fresh pineapples that they hollowed out. So the, the time <laughs> that you have to go to. So you still have the pineapple smell to it as well. And then the cocaine was wrapped in a yellow wax. So it even still looks like the pineapple once they took the skin off. I once, uh, I think I was in Pearson Airport. And uh, there was a... You know, an officer with a dog walking around, sniffing around, and then this dog starts barking at this guy. And then a whole bunch of officers appeared out of nowhere. I, it was actually sort of unsettling how quickly they were able to, de to descend upon this guy as though they just appeared out of the ether. I don't know what the dog smelled. Could have just, he might have just had like an old sandwich or something in his pocket. Um, but the, the drug stuff, yeah, they, uh, they go to some crazy lengths to get their stuff where they need to get it. And other stores, and I'm going to segue into something else, going to crazy lengths to make a sale. Uh, you pointed this out, another one of the stories you found. A Brooklyn pizzeria <laughs> has, what are they calling this? Oh, Pied Pod? Pied Pod. Calzones? <laughs> Tide Pods you can actually eat. <laughs> this uh. Tide Pod craze. <laughs> I just learned about this, the, the, the Tide Pod challenge. Yeah, it's... First of all, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the main point. It's super dangerous. Um, the other thing I was reading even before this is the newest challenge that people are doing with the Tide Pods is they're now vaping them, which is also even more dangerous. Yeah. So just use them for laundry. You, uh, yeah. That, <laughs> like I guys. They mean that, well, and that's, I guess if you're a kid and you see one of these little packets, they do, they're colorful and they're they're rather pleasing to the eye. And yeah. They, they kind of look like something you might They used to devour. actually do samples in the mail. But people that have their mailbox that goes through their door, they would put them in there and there was animals that were ingesting them and toddlers. Uh. So they actually stopped doing that a few years ago. It started with the detergents that you would use in the dishwasher. Okay. And similar thing is what they were doing, like the Tide Pods. Um, and they were putting them through as samples. They were handing them out in the mail and started realizing that when those go through that mailbox, an animal could get it, a child could get it. So that actually stopped. And now we have people voluntarily eating these. <laughs> How so many? I, do you know how many we've had in, in our region? Uh, I did ask the WRHA that yesterday. The thing is with our poison control, they're joint with Ontario. Mm -hmm. So there had been five calls of concern, um, nothing that had resulted in any death or serious injury so far. Um, let's keep it that way. If you're going to eat a Tide Pod, make sure it's a Pied Pod in the form of a calzone like this Brooklyn pizzeria. <laughs> these actually, I, I don't know that these even look really appetizing. They've got some sort of blue stuff on them. I, I think they're maybe wrapped in bacon. That's interesting. Yeah, but. but if you actually read what's in them, they sound pretty delicious. They're filled with cheese, pepperoni, ricotta, and Italian seasoning. So I'm in for that. I'm sold. <laughs> Brett McGarry with Brittany Greenslade stepping over from Global Television for Greg Mackling, who is away today, a little bit under the weather. Greg, get well. Brittany, Welcome back to CJOB. You had a little bit of a stint. How long ago was that that you worked with Richard on the news? Oh, it was a couple a couple weeks ago for sure. Couple, couple of weeks. months. Couple I don't know. Months at least. Yeah, it was over <laughs> the summertime. Over the summertime, I think. Uh, adding to well, because Brittany does. If you're not familiar, Brittany does a little bit of everything over at Global Television. She's their senior reporter, fill in anchor, fill in weather person. Do you do mm -hmm. any sports stuff? Uh, not anymore. I used to do sports. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I got my start in uh, TV and sports. Really? Yeah. In which market? In Toronto. Good for you. Which yeah. Did you have like a, a specialty sport that you like to cover? I was a national figure skater, so that was my forte. What? Yeah. You were a figure skater? I was. Oh, well, we're going to talk about the Tay story, but I got to ask you about this for a second. So when did you start that? I have been skating for as long as I could walk. So when I was two, put skates on my mom's skating coach. Uh, so I've been skating as long as I could walk. And then I started doing pairs. So riddled with injuries because I was thrown and chucked and twisted and oh my God. everything on the ice. And uh, yeah, broke my kneecap. Wow. Yeah. I, I have all the injuries. <laughs> how how long? So what was the highest level at which you competed? I did national, international. Okay. Yeah. And did you uh, win any stuff? Uh, we were second in Canada. When? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. I'm going to age myself. <laughs> when did you, uh, when the last time you uh, strapped on the skates? I put them on every winter. Yeah? Yeah. Before oh. I moved to Winnipeg, I'd only ever skated once on an outdoor rink, which sounds weird to Winnipeggers, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can imagine that, especially if you're, you're coming from uh, a place like Vancouver or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was on top of a mountain, though, so. Oh, that's Kinda cool. Neat. Mm-hmm. Where? Uh, Grouse Mountain. Oh, that must have I'm been. Gonna, I'm going to wrestle up a photo to show you. Oh, yeah, I'd like to see that. Okay, well, thanks for indulging me while I just <laughs> <laughs> derail everything to learn about your figure skating background. That's fascinating. In the meantime, let's talk about this. He's got something in his pocket. They're going to shoot him. Oh, buddy. Just one of the phones rolling Wednesday night as a dramatic scene unfolded in front of dozens of Winnipeggers. Many worried they were about to see an armed suspect get shot. Global News reporter Amber McGookin has more. It's supper time on Wednesday evening outside a busy Tim Hortons on Isabel. Police with guns drawn surround an armed robbery suspect. Witnesses say moments before police arrived, the 42-year-old man in this video was threatening employees in a neighboring pizza shop with what looked like a gun. There was one guy who came here with his shotgun and he was showing to me, he was very angry here, so he was he was showing to me and he said like, I will shot you. The employee called police and the suspect fled to the nearby Tim Hortons. Monica Madonic saw everything unfold between the suspect and police as officers ordered the suspect to put his hands up. It was kind of hectic. At first it was calm and then next thing you know it was hectic and then I got my kids out of there. Police say the suspect was armed with a metal pipe strapped to a piece of wood, but Madonic said it looked just like a rifle to her. It was silver, like a steel. I thought it was, I knew it was a gun. It looked, it was shaped as a gun. In the two-minute standoff, other heavily armed officers arrived for backup. The suspect is told repeatedly to put his hands up and in view, warning he may be shot, but he refused. Then an officer discharged the taser. Oh my God. And a swarm of cops rushed in to take him safely into custody. Amber McGookin, Global News. Now, police say they believed at the time the suspect may have been holding a gun, and had he made a move to use it, he could have been shot. Here's Patrol Sergeant Julio Berzenji. The officers, uh, while putting themselves at a degree of risk, engaged that person in communication, tried to get compliance, and when they recognized that uh, tactical communication wasn't working, from the video you can see the one officer moved in and used that taser to de-escalate the situation. 
And absent uh, the taser, I'm, I'm not sure how that particular encounter would have ended. Now, Winnipeg police are using tasers more than ever. 114 uses in 2014, up to 184 in 2015, and then 202 in 2016. And Brittany, on the subject of use of force in 2016, in fact, um, I went to, I was invited to the use of force seminar. They invited members of the media to their headquarters downtown to go through this training. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually got to hit a guy with a baton, which is really? pretty cool. Yeah. They, um, they, although I, I feel, I kind of feel like I was sort of the, thrown under the bus a little bit Uh-oh. because they had two guys. I was, that went first. Mm-hmm. And they, I was basically instructed to hit this guy with a baton. And then they, they, they told me, no, and that's actually not what you're not supposed to do. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> you're supposed to talk them down. And that's what you see in this video. You see the officers mm-hmm. trying to talk this, this guy down repeatedly as they could, they just very gently, you could see them like inching towards mm-hmm. him. And ultimately when they felt like it was a safe time to do it, they tased him. But they, they, they pointed out a, a, a stat, which I think needs to be reinforced here once again. In uh, 2014, I believe it was, and I'm just sort of going on my notes that I took that I was able to scribble out. So it's either 2014 or 2015. They responded to 201,175 calls, and 938 of those calls, officers had to use force. So that's 0.47%. So, and I think that they should be commended in this case because... Um, they would, you know, they, they tried to talk this guy down. He wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And he kept sort of motioning for, you heard in the, the tape. Yeah. And you've got to do it with your best of your knowledge and the best of what you have to work with. Right. We've seen it in other cases here where police have had to use lethal force, where that suspect has been shot down and it's, we've seen it end that other way. This could have ended very differently. And when you're an officer, you know, you've got split seconds. To make that decision. Yeah, they really, they, they, and there, there is a kind of a hierarchy. Can you talk the guy down? No. Do you, can you use the baton? Maybe taser. And then at last resort, absolute last resort is uh, pull a gun and fire on a person. And they also, just as an, as a side note, because people often say, why do they shoot the guy in the chest? Why don't they shoot? Why don't police shoot people mm-hmm. in the leg or whatever? And uh, so that was one of the questions we asked the officers. It was actually Patrol Sergeant Julio Berzenji who led that uh, training seminar. And he said, stress is the answer. Mm-hmm. Because think of, for example, you ever been late for work, Brittany, and you're like, oh my God, I can't find my keys. And then you're fumbling with your keys and you can't even put them in the door. I get anxiety if I'm, you know, 15 minutes early. I like to be at least 15 minutes early. If I'm like five minutes early, that still gives me anxiety. Really? Yeah. I'm that person. That's that's an, that's also fascinating. That's kind of a good for you. Um, but uh, so they say, yeah, that when you're in that situation, stress can take over. And you, so you're trained to shoot at the biggest target, mm-hmm. which is center mass. So if, if you're ever curious about that, just wondering why police officers don't shoot at a leg, it's because of stress. You might say the online auction site eBay is all shook cup. Oh, I see what you did there, Shanley Vidal, with uh, some clever wordplay. People are bidding through Sunday on a paper cup that the owner claims was once used by the king himself, Elvis Presley. The bidding is now at over $1,500. North Carolina resident Wade Jones says the Dixie Cup was first snagged by a fan in April 1956 after Elvis performed at the Tulsa Fairgrounds Pavilion. So today we are having coffee talking. What item have you 
held on to. So, Shan Lee, why don't we start with you? And, and kudos to the All Shook Cup. I do like a good pun. <laughs> so, uh, what do you have any items that uh, you are hanging on to unnecessarily? Uh, everything in my entire house. Everything. <laughs> everything. All of it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I tend to actually hold on to my ticket stubs okay. uh, whenever I go to concerts, whenever I go to movies. And then I just I just maybe put them together. I collect them all. And then I can remember, oh, I saw that movie. And so when I'm old and I lose my memory, then I'll remember <laughs> that, you know, I saw The Sound of Music in January of 2018 or something like that. I also hold on to set lists. Oh, once in a while at concerts, uh, I in my youth and even in my adulthood, I have stolen set lists from shows, and I have held on to them. Well, I, I, like for, you climb up on the stage and like untape it from the floor. Or yeah, what? I, I did that. How do you do that? <laughs> well, I mean, I it's not it. so much yeah. a climbing so much as a reach and then kind of untaping it. Yeah, it's I, not I really, still got yeah. an old Headstones one from uh, the mid nineties. Where did you get it? Uh, in North Bay. I have so much Headstones memorabilia. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> The stories I could tell you. He he uh, flicked a cigarette butt at me once <laughs> from the stage. That was pretty cool. I, I yeah I I've been backstage at a few headstone shows in my youth. Did you catch it in a Dixie cup? No, I just oh. hit my shirt and fell out. <laughs> <laughs> if the Elvis Dixie cup that, is selling big, that Elvis cup is swimming with disease. I'm sure I wouldn't touch that cup if you paid me. <laughs> is there like a certificate of authenticity that comes with that? How do we know that Elvis actually used it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're kind of, that's why it's probably only going for 1500 bucks. Like, I'm sure if they they could prove it beyond doubt, then somebody would want to pay more for that. Kelly, oh. uh, you are a very organized person, uh, which, I, which means I suspect you have a very organized closet full of uh, stuff you've been hanging on to. Yeah. And every year, uh, my wife tells me, how much longer are we going to hang on to this? I, You know those great big uh, plastic uh, storage uh, vats that you can buy from Walmart or yep. wherever? I have one of those filled with Western Hockey League, International Hockey League, and American Hockey League guides. <laughs> okay. From how, dating how, from how far back? Uh, well, from, say, 1979 <laughs> through 2006, when I hung up the headphones as a play-by-play broadcaster. That, the, the IHL, that's the... Yeah, where that the was the International Hockey League. That was the, yeah, the first league the Moose played in. I actually have a San yeah. Francisco Spiders jersey, by the way. Oh, do you? Yeah. I don't feel so bad. I, the, I also have a Hamilton Steelheads mug... From their one and only uh, season in the Ontario Hockey League uh, in 1985-86 or whatever it was, so that's it, cool. It's on t- it's on top of a, a thing in the guest best r- or guest's bedroom rather, and it, <laughs> every year I go down there and dust the thing off because it's got about an inch of dust on it. <laughs> and I don't. I even ask myself, why am I hanging on to this? But I can't. Possibly. Is all that information digitized on the internet at this point? Did you find no it idea. all? I have no idea. <laughs> One day it'll save your house from flooding, though. <laughs> yeah, use it as a scoop or something. Well, let's yeah. ask our guest here, Brittany Greenslade, in from Global Television, filling in for Greg Mackling. You have you told me before we started the show that you could. You can move back to Vancouver right now with none of your Winnipeg possessions. Why is that? Yeah, I have my entire room is still filled with shoes and clothes and everything that I'm sure my parents would love for me to get rid of. I still have a shoe wall in Vancouver that I, when I go home to visit, I will rotate some shoes out, bring some different ones back. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, we've got to visit them. And <laughs> so it is a very expensive wall of shoes with that many pairs on it. But uh, yeah, I think shoes, definitely anybody that's been to my condo here uh, could tell you it, there's a lot. 
Now, do you think that it it is actually excessive? Like, do you have a problem, an addiction? You know what? You're not. You're never supposed to ask a lady that. Well, I'm, when it comes I'm to breaking shoes. the rules. When then. it comes to shoes, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> you can never have too many. Okay. Well, okay. Good for you, Jeff. What about you? Nothing. Yeah, I you, used I used to hold on to stuff, and then one day, just the switch went off, and I was like, "What am I doing?" And I threw out just uh, 15 garbage bags worth of old possessions and. Now I don't. Now I don't hang on to anything. I don't care. You could haul me off to jail, and it wouldn't be a problem. No one, no one even has to go to my house to look after it. <laughs> <laughs> Just sell it as is, and away we go. <laughs> no sentimental value to anything. No, I, I, the one thing I have is I've my father's baseball mitt from when he was a kid, and I'm only keeping that because it's the only thing he's kept from his life. And I think, well, we should at least keep one thing. So. The old man's baseball mint. That's what I got. Okay. So, Shanley, you alluded to the fact that you have these things that uh, are for, specifically for memories to help you either jog, just jog your memory, or just to, to maybe bring back. But do you have anything? I think that's actually, I don't think that's unnecessary at all. But do, would you have anything that you can think of off the top of your head that's kind of weird, like a 1956 Dixie Cup? Maybe not something quite so kooky, but... That's a really good question. Oh, I'm sure I do. Yeah. I'm sure I have all sorts of weird stuff. I just can't think of anything right now. Um, a bag of fur from previous cats? <laughs> <laughs> Actually. That seems like a oh, Chandelier no. thing. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> Say it ain't so. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that one. <laughs> yeah, that's like right asking a lady about all of her shoes, I'm Jeff. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I will admit that, and Jeff Braun can will probably remember this scene. You, ever, you remember in Brooklyn Nine Nine, there's a scene where Jake uh, reveals his bathtub to be yes. full of mail, and yes. he just calls. Doesn't he call it the mail tub? Or? The mail tub, yeah, yeah. Just um, throws all the mail in the bathtub, and so, it's full. <laughs> so I don't have a, a tub full of mail, but I will admit that I I tend to hang on to bills and stuff for way too long. It just ends up in a big pile. And uh, eventually, I, I keep saying I got to buy a shredder and get rid of all this stuff. No, I can come over and organize them for you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to actually keep it all organized between just file it Mastercard. all. Yeah. What's that? Just file it all. Well, I, I started keep, to do just that. Just keep getting more and more file cabinets. Is, that's all you do. I started to file it all, and then uh, I stopped, and then it just ended by by filing it now. It just goes you in, a it all in a box. <laughs> yeah, it just goes in a box. So I need to get a shredder to oh. help deal with that. I remembered something I have that I held on to. That's kind of weird. My teeth. Oh my goodness! <laughs> From getting my uh, my wisdom teeth out. Oh! I the, the I, they yeah because the first time I had to get uh, wisdom teeth out the the dentist is like oh you want to keep it and I'm like what I can keep it and they're like yeah and they put it in a little box and everything. I have my wisdom teeth yeah, too. You see? Now that That's, I think of that. And then I had Gross. to get one out in Yellowknife and the guy's like you want to keep it? What? <laughs> like, I don't know why. Well, so. I had to, I wanted to keep mine specifically because they're not they're they're more like cr crumpled just just shards of teeth because I woke up in the middle of the, the surgery and they were hammering on one of my teeth <laughs> oh, because man. it was impacted so they had to break it before they could yank so it out. So you could only see but not feel? Yeah, I, I kind of woke up and I could feel, I could hear this bang, bang, and I thought, that doesn't sound good, and I went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Brett McGarry, Brittany Greenslade in for Greg Mackling today on Wednesday, the sale of the Vimy Arena was unanimously approved by the city's executive policy committee. Still needs to pass at council, but councillors at APC voted in favor of the city selling the land to the province for a dollar. 
property where Vimy Arena sits will be leased out to the Bruce Oak Foundation for an addiction recovery center should the matter pass at council. But the friends of Sturgeon Creek are not happy about the possibility of losing this recreational uh, arena, this recreational area. They say the land should be protected from all kinds of development. So to hear more about this, we're in, we've invited Greg Hammond, who is president of the Friends of Sturgeon Creek, to join us in studio. Mr. Hammond, thanks so much for coming in today to see us. Thank you very much for inviting me. So my first question before we get into what's going on with Vimy, the Friends of Sturgeon Creek. Who are the Friends of Sturgeon Creek? These are local citizens who live in the area, uh, bordering the Sturgeon Creek and the Sturgeon Creek Parkway. And uh, so these are neighborhood people, uh, citizens, just ordinary citizens, who have come together because they're concerned about a number of issues around this whole proposal. And uh, the main issue for most of them is that this is uh, a gem in our community, this uh, location. Just need to describe it to the audience here so everybody understands, because you may not have seen it exactly. So this is on the west side of Surgeon Creek, just north of Hamilton. So the uh, specific property that is being voted on for transfer to the province is is about two and a half, three acres. It's located on the bank of the west side of the creek, just above Hamilton. And to the right, to the uh, to the east, is the creek itself. It's only about 20 meters away from the edge of this property. Uh, to the north of it, we have some wonderful toboggan hills in the in the winter time. Uh, to the uh, to the northwest, we have tennis courts, and to the west, we have the Assiniboine Memorial Curling Club. So this center, this piece of land where the actual arena sits right now, uh, is actually right in the hub, right in the center of this recreational and green space that we have. And the, the proposal to transfer the site where the arena is located to develop it for this other purpose uh, impedes really everything else around it. It's it's right in the heart of uh, of this community and the, and the parkland area. So the Sturgeon Creek Parkway runs up all the way from, from Saskatchewan all the way down to the Assiniboine River. And this is at a narrow point in this path. And uh, and uh, But more to the point, this, this actual site where the arena is used to be a very vibrant community development so- zone. And the arena attracted people to this area. Uh, with the proposal to transfer the land out, we will no longer have a place that we will be able to congregate at. So there's multiple concerns about this specific land right there. But the Vimy Arena has sat vacant for a number of years. So you talk about this being a proposal for where people could come and congregate, and this was a gem mm-hmm. of the city, but it's something that hasn't really been used for a number of years. And that's that's another issue for the citizens because we thought something was going to be developed there and it would be uh, progressive for the community. Uh, we learned, actually, that uh, some of the money that was supposed to help this process was set aside but was never, again, communicated to the community. So there's been a whole series of missteps ever since this was uh, put aside and, and closed down. Uh, so we have not really had the kind of follow-up and support that we need. Are you opposed to the idea of the Vimy Arena being used for an addictions treatment facility? Our support is for the development of this area, for the community to enhance what we have right now and make it better and to preserve it. Because again, once this land is transferred, it's gone. Once it's gone from public use to any kind of development, it's no longer something that the public can actually use. So this is all about the land preservation. This land was part of the original Assiniboia before it joined the city of St. James. And uh, I spoke to the mayor, the former mayor of Assiniboia. They had to fight, fight off developers uh, way back in, this, in the 60s and 70s, 1960s and 70s. 
So this, this land is prime land for many things, but we don't think it should be used for development of any kind. So then what are you, uh, you are, you're not just talking about this, you are calling on Winnipeggers to, to take action, to join you in taking action. What are you asking people to do? Well, the first, the first thing is we should all be able to understand what is going on here. And there are so many hidden facts and uh, there's been actually examples of the process has been poor. For example, our councillor was not told about any of this for over six months while it was being developed. So how can the people understand the process? We, we need to understand all the background here. There's many missing pieces. Uh, if this were a regular situation, we would have to go through zoning first. That's not happening here. This is fast-tracked. Uh, this to us looks like a land grab. It's just really moving too fast without due diligence. Okay. And uh, is there a petition or anything that you're asking people to sign? We have asked people to sign petitions, and uh, we have over a thousand people who have signed in support of preserving this land as parkland and, and uh, keeping it for the value of the public. Okay. Um, so are you going to be at City Hall? I mean, this still has to go through City, to right. be, go through full council. So will you be there when uh, they, they take a vote? Yes, uh, I will likely be presenting there. So we're trying to, again, explain to the citizens and to the councillors specifically, this is a forever decision. This is a long-term decision. And uh, it's unprecedented that parkland would be designated for development. We wouldn't consider taking a piece of Assiniboine Park and trying to develop it. That happened a few years ago under Mayor Sam Cates when they wanted to turn some of the parking lot area into uh, condos. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's unprecedented to take parkland and develop it like this. All right. Well, Mr. Hammond, uh, we thank you so much for the visit. We are out of time. Uh, but Greg Hammond, president of the Friends of Sturgeon Creek, you have a website. What is it? It's friendsofsturgeoncreek.com. Simple enough. Okay. 721 on 680 CJOB. Thanks again for the visit, Mr. Hammond. And now let's say hello to our next guest as Chorus Radio is getting set to launch a new Late night, overnight national talk show, The Shift with Drex. Drex now joins us live on 680 CJOB. Justin Drex Wilcombs. Is it okay to call you Justin or like uh, what's the, the the official protocol here? Yeah, just call me Drex. I don't think we're going to use Midnight Oil as our opening theme song though. <laughs> no? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's too Australian. Okay. <laughs> Come on, guys. I, I, I've been a Canadian for almost 10 years now. Well, you know, this is part of, see, we don't know that. You know, you're well known to a Vancouver audience, but Winnipeggers don't know you. That's why we brought you here. So tell Winnipeg, who is Drex? Uh, I, I'm a radio broadcaster. I'm going to be doing a brand new show starting uh, this weekend. I'm looking forward to it, actually. It's going to be super fun. And why did you move to Canada? I moved to Canada about 10 years ago because, uh, you know, I was a, I was a 30-year-old. I wanted something a little bit different in my life and found a radio job here, so came over. And here we are 10 years later being offered a, a, an interesting opportunity to do a national show across the radio network. So, yeah, why not? Drex, for us Vancouverites, uh, we know that uh, you bring the opinions when it comes to your radio show. So is there anything going to change here or are you just going to see more opinions coming out? More opinions, but I want to hear Canadians' opinions as well. You know, I, was ch I share an office with Charles Adler, and he said, look, if you want Winnipeggers to take you seriously, you might have to be a Blue Bombers fan. So I'll have to decide on that. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing is, is, is the whole point of this show is we're going to be broadcasting from the West Coast to the East Coast and everywhere in between. And the whole point of what we're going to do is make sure that we always have open phones overnight so every single Canadian can get their opinion on air. 
that's going to be the best bit, I think. Now, what was your initial reaction when they, they pitched an overnight show to you? Because you were doing an afternoon drive show, right? Well, I was excited because I can now do radio in sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> well, who says you can't do it right now? Yeah, that is true. That is true. But, you know, when you're, when you're in the office in the afternoon, you have to look somewhat professional. But, you know, when you're, when you're working late at night, maybe I'm not wearing pants. Does it really matter? I don't know. I, I enjoy a good onesie. <laughs> yeah, a onesie with a hood and uh, the socks on it as well. Like exactly. a full-on onesie with the socks. That's the way to do it. Well, I actually yeah, have... I, I, sorry to cut you off. I actually have one of those. It's called a hoodie footy uh, from, a, from a thing called Pajamagram. And it is exactly what you just described. I've got the Pajamagram Nordic Fleece version. That's oh. what I have. <laughs> That's the one I wish I had gotten. So yeah, I made the I made the wrong call. Good for you, Wow, Drex. I've got I've got two of them. <laughs> oh, he is just one upping you. Yeah. <laughs> so your the show is going to be on from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. in Vancouver, Winnipeg, midnight to 4 a.m. Um, yep. As far as the overnight stuff is concerned, I know that uh, there has been sort of a, a, a kind of programming that we've gotten used to over the years when it, as it relates to ghosts and conspiracies and all sorts of interesting stuff. And I, I loved all that kind of stuff. Is there going to be anything kooky like that? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on paranormal stuff as well. Look, you know, that sort of stuff plays really well to a radio audience. So we'll be doing some of that as, uh, that stuff as well. It's, it's super interesting to me as well. So it will stay as part of the show, but more of a, a Canadian slant on it too. For years and years and years, we haven't had uh, a full-on Canadian overnight show in this country. And, you know, when media companies are trimming, 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 you've got Chorus actually investing in something. So... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to take on this challenge, and I'm, I'm getting ready to have conversations with Canadians right across the country. It is a super exciting opportunity, and you know what? I want to see a picture of that onesie. You do? Yeah. yeah all right, I'll organize one. I'll tweet it out to you. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, Drex, we'll let you go. I know you've you got another group waiting to get you in line, so thanks for joining us this morning. Drex, the shift with Drex begins Monday, this Monday, January 22nd at midnight on 680 CJOB and across Canada on many of our chorus radio stations, the shift with Drex, which is uh, originating out of Vancouver. And uh, Brittany, you say that uh, Drex is well known for his opinions. So is this going to bring a, a touch of home to you here in Winnipeg? I'm excited. Yeah? I'm usually in bed by midnight, but it's something that I'll definitely uh, stay up to listen to as often as I can, but I, I like hearing his opinions. I'm an opinionated person. I try to keep those at bay when I'm doing my job, but yeah. <laughs> I I love to, to hear him. Okay. Well, or maybe you could wake up earlier and just go to a, a spin class at 5 a.m. That's true. Is maybe. that a thing? No. I oh. could go to the gym at like 5.30. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> a little have, early. There are overnight gyms, right? Like 24-7? Yes, there are. And they don't come with um, an angry trainer who leaves you text messages oh, when you okay. don't show you up. You need the motivation from the angry trainer. Yeah. yeah that, hey, good for you for doing that. I wouldn't <laughs> be able to subject myself to that kind of abuse. I'd just be so sad all the time. My trainer's mad at me. I'm just going to eat this bag of chips. It starts really nice at the beginning of the week when you miss it. You get the good morning sunshine text, and then they get a little angrier the more times you miss it as the week goes on.
amazing. That's my favorite part, right at the end. That just that kind of sad trail off. That's how we introduce ourselves. We'll never air it because it's just too horrible. But I implore everyone to go online and uh, type in Universal logo screaming because one guy screams the logo. It's it'll hurt your ears, but it's hilarious. Jeff Braun is here, one half of the Couch Potatoes. We're here to tell you what is new at the movies this weekend. And before we actually tell you what's new, Brittany, you mentioned that you're looking forward to seeing a particular film, which Jeff actually has a review for this weekend. Yes, The Post. I'm very excited to see this movie. It's really good. You'll <laughs> like it, for sure. I'm, I'm very excited. I think everyone will like it, and I think people sort of, in our line of work, will like it a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you watch the show um, with Jeff Daniels? What was that one called on HBO? The, the Newsroom. Room. The new the Newsroom. That's okay. I, I was trying to remember. Was it? <laughs> did it have a more complicated title? Did you watch it too? I did watch it. Loved it. Totally unrealistic for the world that we live in here. There's no way that we just kind of throw our rundowns out and go into the six o'clock news with nothing. Yeah. But love seeing how they do it. Also, really enjoyed Spotlight. Was I thought it was a great movie. Spotlight as well. is very good. Yeah. Uh, the Newsroom was it was all right. I mean. They got, like, the scoop on the BP oil spill because the guy in the newsroom, his friend, worked on the oil rig as it was exploding. So he's like, oh, that's a new story. (laughs) Yeah, sure, it would be nice if you had a a friend at every major event on the planet. All the tips. Okay, so let's start with, there are five movies you want to tell you about. The good, the bad, and the ugly. One good, two bad, and two ugly. Okay, well, let's go. The first one is 12 Strong, the declassified true story of the horse soldiers. Why, these men follow you. You take me to the Taliban, I'll show you. Okay. We take horses. You serious? All right, who's ridden before, anyone? Can't kill, spring break. Trust Pretty hammered. <laughs> hey, this will be fun. Chris Hemsworth stars in this film. You like Chris Hemsworth, Brittany? I'm gonna, yeah. He <laughs> doesn't know who it is. <laughs> you know who Thor is? They should have named this. I know who Thor is. They should have named this movie Thor Goes to War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he, I would see it then. <laughs> yeah, he needed a horse in Thor. He finally has a horse. Uh, but jokes aside, this is a serious movie. It's set in 2001. In the days after 9 11, U.S. Special Forces team led by their captain, Mitch Nelson, played by Chris Hemsworth, is chosen to be the first team sent into Afghanistan for a dangerous mission. They have to convince a group known as the Northern Alliance to join forces with them in their battle against a common enemy, the Taliban, and their allies in Al-Qaeda. In order to accomplish this mission, though, they, they need to step out of their comfort zone and ride into battle on horses. It looks inspiring, but it's mm. getting so so reviews i'm not sold on it either i don't i honestly i I have no interest in seeing chris hemsworth as anyone but thor so i certainly don't want to see him in a serious movie well and he's had a tough go at trying to make anything of himself outside of thor right tried to be in that uh the one about computer hacking or whatever it was right black um black Black, not black fly black hacker i don't know I can't remember that it was some. It was a bad. Yeah, yeah. I, need to, I, I have to Google that now. Chris Hemsworth hacking movie, and it is Black Hat. Okay, so I was thinking Black Fly for some reason. Black Hat. Yeah. So there was that. There was that Moby Dick movie, and was that in the Heart of the Sea? Is that what that one was called? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like all of his other movies where he was the star have not done well. Right. Uh, although apparently he was very good in that Ghostbusters reboot. Although that didn't do all that great either so and he was funny in that so comedy is more his thing i think yeah yeah, yeah. he does the romance ones good you like 
You you like <laughs> Thor as a romance? He wants to see some. Brittany likes romantic Thor. <laughs> Next up, Daniel Day Lewis. This is one Jeff's excited about. Yes, I think. this is a good one. Phantom Thread. You can sew almost anything into the canvas of a coat. When I was a boy, I started to hide things in the linings of the garments. Things that only I knew were there. Secrets. What's his one, Jeff? Uh, he plays a dressmaker in the 50s who falls in love, although, as you heard there, he's... There's a little bit of a creepy vibe to him or something. Uh, it's a it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. They previously teamed up together on There Will Be Blood, for which uh, Daniel Day-Lewis won one of his many Oscars. And he says this is going to be his last movie. So if you want to see him on the big screen, this might be your last chance. Yeah, I still wonder if he actually has retired, quote unquote. Yeah. Or if it's just part of, uh, not a stunt, but maybe part of his next role, right? Because he, has to, be. he dives into everything so deeply. Maybe he's playing a retiree in five years, and this he's going to actually retire for five years. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, next up, Christian Bale stars in a western called The Hostiles. I don't know how you've done all these years. Seeing all the things you've seen, doing all the things you've done. Makes you feel inhuman after a while. You have no idea what war it does to a man. I hate him. I got a war bag of reasons to hate him. What's this? Uh, he plays a Civil War era guy in the in the West, and he has to transport a prisoner from one place to another, and he runs into trouble. And Rosamund Pike is a pioneer woman. He comes across it. It looks really boring. <laughs> It's getting decent reviews, is it? but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't look all that great. No. I don't know. Not here, I'm, it's not. I'm not, yeah, just <laughs> not having it. I'm not having it. I expect a lot from a, a Western and from Christian Bale, so. But he's Batman, yeah. so. You yeah. should stick to Batman. I'm Batman. No, that's a that's oh, Dr. Okay. Claw. Uh, okay, is this one of the bad ones? Den of Thieves? No, now we're into ugly. Oh, the, uh, pardon me, yes, the ugly. Here we go. At any one time, there's anywhere between 500 and 800 billion dollars in there. Every millimeter of it covered by cameras, sensors, and motion detectors. Stand across the street and stare at the building for two minutes. You have security on your ass. When they bank, it's never been robbed. That's why we're gonna rob it. So what's the deal with Den of Thieves, Jeff? Uh, it stars our, our good friend Gerard Butler, who looks like a human sack of potatoes, uh, as a, a cop, a bad cop. <laughs> and he takes on these bank robbers, but he's also a bad guy, too, or something. It looks, it looks really dumb. Okay, yeah. Porn stash from Orange is in the New, yeah. in the new Black is Ice in it. Ice Cube's in it. 50 Cent? 50 oh, Cent? Son, oh. son of Ice Cube's in it, sorry. Yes, oh. it's Son of Ice Cube, that is correct. Must be good. And then finally, Ugh. this one I know you're super excited about, Jeff. It's called Forever My Girl. Now this we're talking. you work. I own it. I actually did something with my life after you walked out. Hey, Mama! You're that country star my mama listens to. Not really my cup of tea. No offense. I'm taken. Billy. How old are you, Billy? I'm seven. So what's the deal with this? Uh, it's it's like a ripoff of a Nicholas Sparks kind of movie starring about a country singer and his daughter and his ex-wife or something. It looks really terrible. Do you <laughs> like would, Nicholas Sparks movies? I would totally see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> That, that surprises me because you're such a steely journalist and, you know... I'm a cynic. Yeah, and then... I'm, I'm a pessimist, I'm a cynic, uh, but I'm a closet romantic. Oh, well, look at that. Look at what we're learning about Brittany. In the last two hours, I've learned so much about She's a figure skater, she's a closet romantic, she likes garbage Nicholas Sparks movies. 
Thank you very much, It's Jeff not Brock. Nicholas Sparks. It's fake Nicholas Sparks. Well, I guess it's the general. Yeah. Let's just call it garbage Nicholas Sparks. Uh, Jean- hey, you know what? There's something for everybody. Five movies in theaters this weekend. Couch Potatoes, 1 o'clock tomorrow, 4 o'clock on Sunday. Jeff has a review of the post, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Google Play or iTunes. Brett McGarry with Brittany Greenslade in for Greg Mackling today. And Shanalee Vidal is back for three things. And earlier, Shanalee, we were talking about weird things we hung on to in the midst of this Dixie cup that you discovered. Somebody is trying to sell on eBay for like, I guess it's bidding now for 1500 bucks. That, that's right. Because it purportedly belonged to Elvis. And you mentioned that you still have your teeth, your wisdom <laughs> teeth. And I do too. But John texted us, and I forgot to mention this. John texted us that says he has his finger in a jar. Goodness. Wow. What, so I, I, there's a story there. Yeah, I would like to know why John has his finger in a jar. He adds, I win. <laughs> Tell us more, John. It kind of sounds like you lost there, John. So. Well, you definitely lost something. <laughs> so today, three things to look forward to this weekend. So we have, uh, yeah, three things to look forward to this weekend. And three events. So this first one, I think, Brittany, this one is in your wheelhouse because it has to do with figure skating. So we were giving away tickets for this last, uh, well, earlier this week, or earlier this couple month. Couple weeks ago. Couple weeks ago, yeah. And one lucky winner actually snagged a special VIP pass to meet figure skating legend Kurt Browning. So tonight through Sunday, the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra is presenting Music of the Ice with Kurt Browning. So the WSO is going to be playing all of the songs that were famously used by skaters past and present, just like the one that we're listening to right Right now, of course, that was famously used by Kurt Browning. Yes, indeed. Reenacting uh, Gene Kelly's routine from this, the movie Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen the movie, check that out too. And Kurt is going to speak to audiences about his experience as a competitive amateur skater and professional skater. And he's going to take the audience on a behind-the-scenes journey through the figure skating world. And the best part is I did check on tickets and looks like there are some good seats available. Oh, well, hey, listen, yeah. if you're looking for something to do this weekend, check that out. Uh, Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra, always putting cool st- mm-hmm. uh, cool shows on. Brittany, did you have a go-to theme song that you would use when you performed? No, because when we performed amateur-wise, you weren't allowed to have words, you weren't allowed to use anything like that. So we did a lot of soundtracks from movies, though. Okay. So a lot of stuff like that. But Okay. Yeah. And uh, did you ever use, From like, Newsies. From Newsies? Yes, that was one of my, my, my good programs. Um. So, what was Newsies again? Christian Bale oh, was in it. Gosh. What? Christian How Bale. How do you not the, the, know this? The the you know the newspaper boys. Come on. I don't know. Jerry's looking and at. And the kid, I'm, I'm the, the kid old... from Doobie Howser was in it. Was he a kid in this? Okay. How do you not know this? I am. I am upset with you now. <laughs> Seriously, I thought we were friends. We're kind of friends off right now. I think we're all shocked and appalled. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fine. Friends off. Okay, very well. What's the second thing? So as uh, we move on with disgust, our next one is, this one is a traditional rite of passage for brides and grooms-to-be. The wonderful wedding show is on tomorrow and Sunday at the RBC Convention Center. So it's actually the 28th year for the show. And uh, so if you are getting married or even thinking of getting married, it's going to be a great event to check out because we're going to have like 300 displays, 130,000 square feet of the latest wedding products, services, fashion shows and more. It's one of those things I've never checked out the wedding show here, but I've kind of always wanted to. But I always felt I shouldn't be uh, checking out something like that if I'm not getting (laughs) married. But I am uh, working on my wedding plan. 
I can't, you know, getting things get together because you never know, right? You know what? It's a lot of ladies. So I, it's, hey, it's a great spot for guys to go because the whole bridal party's there, men. And you could be looking for, you guys. could, you wow, could, you could and exactly. And you could pick up uh, a girl looking to get married. <laughs> Get yourself a maid of honor. <laughs> I never thought about that. I always thought, when why would you want to go to the wedding show to try to meet women? But yeah, all the bridesmaids. All the bridesmaids, the best friends. Oh, I've been missing out all these years. So we know where Brett will be this yep. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, be, uh, he'll be doing a special meet and greet. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm wondering, you have a wedding plan, so do you? You're you're working on a wedding plan. So what is is that in the event that the question is popped, and then do you have some sort of protocol that immediately gets unfurled? I suppose. I mean, I just need. I just need. I just need the. I just need the guy to agree. Whoever it is, <laughs> okay. I, that's all I need. And then you just say, all right, alpha team, go. And then the wedding plan gets called into oh, yeah. action. Oh, yeah. I got my candy bar, everything, my colors, my drag. I got everything. I got everything ready to go. The phone chain is enacted and everything is taken care of. <laughs> It'll be done in a day. Okay. <laughs> so in the... So, you, and Shanley. the best part of you, um, you buy your tickets in advance, you can be entered into a draw to win a fancy vacation, and one couple is uh, going to win a dream wedding of $20,000. Very nice. Yeah, weddings are not cheap. They are not. not cheap. 20000 bucks should uh, give you something fairly substantial. That's pretty cool. And what's the third thing? The third thing, this one sounds really fun. I know we're all really proud of our neighborhoods we live in, we've grown up in, places we've gone to school Brett, you're from Transcona. Yeah, so I know I'm going to take some heat later <laughs> oh, yeah. today. And I'm we, from uh, St. James, so okay. we're like we're like enemies here, right? We're rivals. Well, we're almost enemies with everybody, Transcona. <laughs> Pretty much, because you guys like to fight, right? Yeah, well, and I it's, remember hearing a, a, a broadcaster thing. in Winnipeg saying, or like they say in Transcona, want to go? <laughs> yeah, it's it. It, it. I hate to say it, but it's true. Yeah. But but that's but it's so much fun. And uh and so the gas station theater is an event tomorrow night. It's called Your Hood's a Joke. Okay. And it's gonna be a comedy roast with comedians representing their university, city, local neighborhoods. So there's gonna be put downs, barbs, boisterism, and we're gonna be hearing more about this event today, just after nine thirty, because we're gonna be joined by Lara Rice. She's the artistic director from the gas station theater. She's been on the show several times and she's a hoot. Oh, she's she's great. she's hilarious. She's just fun to talk to and she can just uh with only saying two words and just saying them matter-of-factly just make us all burst into laughter. And she's going to be armed with a couple of comics who have some jokes to tell. Yeah. So hopefully uh, we'll be all laughing. We might have to bring you in and then get them to to just do an impromptu roast of our various neighborhoods. <laughs> Because I'm looking at the lineup here. They're doing yeah. Maples, West Broadway, U of W, Westwood, Jewish Tuxedo. <laughs> What's, uh, uh, it looks like just Winnipeg and, oh, Regina versus Winnipeg. Okay. Uh, oh, Osborne Village is on the, on the docket. And then Dauphin versus the Paw. Uh, oh, St. James is in there. I see what it is. I, now. I, I like that. I'm interested for the U of M versus U of W thing because, you know, I, I went to U of W and then all the people who went to U of M was just a Big rivalry, you know, because you always thought the people who went to U of M were just a little bit uh, stuck up, and and the people who you know went to you know U of W, it was more of a maybe more of artsy school. Oh, I don't know, but it was always this kind of thing, right? Where did you go to? I know you didn't go to school in Manitoba. No, I went to McGill for university, and then back to BC to BCIT. But the one thing I have learned since I moved here is just how fiercely people protect their borders. Uh, <laughs> as somebody that works in news and had to learn all of the neighborhoods, if you get that. That neighborhood wrong by one street, the wrath of Winnipeg comes down oh, on you. you. If you you're, oh, it's like you're the worst person. Oh in the my world. goodness! 
I so rem- I'm I'm well versed in the neighborhoods now. Six years in, you know, she makes a great point, Brittany Greenslade uh, from Global Winnipeg, filling in for Greg Macklin. Great point because I made, I I mistook a street for being in tuxedo and it or for Charleswood, and it's actually tuxedo. And I did that in the newsroom, and three of my colleagues, yeah. it's on tuxedo, it's on Charleswood. What are you talking yeah. about? Sorry, doesn't have a ditch in the front street, I guess. Yeah, apparently. Hey, 14 on 680. That's how you know you're in Transcona. No, no, that's Charleswood. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's Charleswood. That's right. Um, there's There are other things that uh, make Transcona unique. Thank you very much, Anne Lee Vidal. Three things heard every day on 680 CJOB right after the 8 o'clock news. Brett McGarry with Brittany Greenslade. Brittany's in for Greg Mackling. Brittany Greenslade coming over from our friends at Global Winnipeg. Leaving TV aside for a few hours. And then uh, just put on the headphones and join us uh, <laughs> unhandsome radio people. All the, oh. all the trolls over at radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I come over. They're all in their onesies, sweatpants. Yeah. Nobody, Nobody's dressed here. What is going on, guys? Yeah, I get to, we do actually wear <laughs> hoodies, all of us. We look like a, a SWAT team of uh, wearing our 680 CJOB gray hoodies. This is the most comfortable piece of clothing I own, and I get to wear it to work. So you that guys makes are just me... ready to news assemble at any time. Yeah, that's right. We could like form into like a, a, a big superstructure. <laughs> Um, the train of thought has gone off the, the deep end, but maybe that's because I didn't get enough sleep. Well, high school students in the Winnipeg School Division could get to sleep a little bit later in the future. The Winnipeg School Board voted this week to study the effects of later start times for students. So to tell us more about how sleep affects young people, we are joined by one of our favorite guests, Dr. Diana McMillan, who is a sleep expert and associate professor at the University of Manitoba's Faculty of Nursing. She joins us live on 680 CJOB. Dr. McMillan, welcome back. Thank you. It's always good to speak with you. Thank you so much for joining us again. So the first question that I have for you is, if the kids go to school later, won't they just go to bed later? Well, um, they may slightly, but um, I actually think that this is a really good start to a a conversation that we need to have about sleep. Um, Now, there's really strong evidence, actually. Uh, A large study that was published um, in uh, the uh, European Sleep uh, by the European Research Society in the Journal of Sleep Research um, by uh, Genevieve Gariapi and colleagues um, out of McGill and Queens that looked at uh, sleep in Canadian adolescents. And what they found uh, was some pretty compelling evidence that um, the later school start times actually supported kids um, feeling more rested, getting more sleep, and um, uh, that they actually um, didn't have um, overall, you know, tired by just, you know, staying up later. They actually were feeling more rested and, and actually got more sleep. So, and these were schools that uh, had start times ranging from 8 in the morning until 9.30. And uh, the kids that um, had start times of 9.30 actually got 29 more minutes on average of sleep per night. Dr. McMillan, what about the fact that once school ends for them, these kids are going to university, they're starting jobs, um, are we kind of coddling that a little bit? You can't, I can't call my boss and say, hey, can I start at 10? 
because I, I feel like I need an extra hour of sleep. Where's the, just playing devil's advocate on that side. Absolutely. And, and this is a really good question. And so um, uh, why, the, why the whole issue about sleep is complicated. Uh, one of the interesting things physiologically that happens to teens is that they have a delayed, it's a, a phase delay um, from about two to three hours uh, of their circadian rhythm. So, you know, uh, we don't see this in younger children and we uh, don't have this uh, same phase delay in sort of um, adults until we get to be an older adult, in which case actually we see a a shift where we want to go to bed quite a bit earlier and wake up significantly earlier. So um, the teens are are, um, in that area, you know, sort of the puberty area, that they actually physiologically um, have something called melatonin, which is an endogenous hormone. It helps us to fall asleep and stay asleep. That is um, secreting uh, sort of sleepy hormones uh, in the early morning time during their, you know, sort of first period, for example, and um, making it very difficult for them to concentrate and stay alert. Uh, and uh, so they want kids normally, uh, teenagers normally, physiologically want to stay up a little later and um, get up uh, a little later. So your question about are we coddling them? Well, maybe we're not actually um, recognizing their physiology. That said, we really, as a community, as parents, um, as teachers and educators, we really need to look at um uh, the overall uh, experience for kids and see how we can support them to actually prioritize sleep because a lot of fatigue for teens isn't related um, to circadian rhythm entirely. It's also the fact that they're up, um, you know, watching their iPhones or iPads or whatever and, and um, having their phones beep at them um, in the middle of the night. Dr. Diana McMillan is our guest. She is a sleep expert and associate professor at the University of Manitoba's Faculty of Nursing. So just so I make sure that I am understanding this clearly, we're not talking about getting the kids to have an extra hour of sleep. We're just saying push it back an hour to match up with where their circadian rhythm tends to be in a more natural spot at that age. Yes, that's right. So, you know, if if, for example, um, you were expecting that uh, a kid was going to get up at 7 in the morning, uh, say someone who's, you know, 14, 17 years of age, um, they need um, anywhere from about 8 to 10 hours. Uh, the new participation guidelines that are out that actually include sleep as part of that would recommend 8 to 10 hours. Well, you know, if you sort of dial that back, you're, you're looking at someone who needs to get to bed, you know, um, 9.30, 10.30 at the latest, right? So are our kids um, getting to bed at that time? I don't think so. Are, are they getting uninterrupted sleep? I definitely don't think so, given the discussions I've had with high school students at various workshops. So, you know, their phones are beeping intermittently. So that is an additional problem. We have serious, serious sleep deprivation um, of our our youth. And, you know, Upper National Sleep Foundation says that about 35, only 35% of kids who are in the 6th to 8th grades are getting optimal amount of sleep. And this drops down to 9% of kids who are in you know, grades 9 to 12. 
So, I mean, that's horrific. Now, I know that uh, Winnipeg School Division Board has voted to study the implications of later start times for high schoolers. Uh, have you already spoken to the school division, or is that you are willing to speak with them if they ask you to do so? Oh, I, I, would, I haven't spoken with them directly. Um, I have um, talked a little bit about this on uh, other sort of media um, channels that have invited my opinion, uh, but I'm very willing to um, present uh, the uh, information as I know it and some and some research findings. I mean, I, I'm a mom of of four now. They're uh, older. Uh, they're out of the teenage years, but I have great empathy. And, and it's a it is a complicated um, challenge, but I think it's in a really really important one. We have rising rates of obesity. We have we know that sleep impacts learning, health memory, emotion, depression levels, um, our ability to be uh, physically nimble. Um, so, you know, how we regulate our blood sugar, how, our, how robust our immune system is. We need to tackle sleep and whether, um, you know, part of the conversation may be start time um, and part of it is how we can help kids um, uh, prioritize sleep. The the other piece of the start time is not only just the regular class start time, but all of the extra uh, other extracurricular activities. Or how much, um, how early does someone need to get to school to get dropped off, and these kinds of things. And uh, so it, it it's a we need to you know look at this issue um, from multiple angles. Dr. Diana McMillan, we appreciate you looking at it, at this with us this morning very much. I uh, always appreciate your feedback. Thank you for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome, Brett. Dr. Diana McMillan is a sleep expert, associate professor at the University of Manitoba, and we are always happy to hear from her on the topic of sleep. It's Brit and Brett. I'm Brett McGarry. She is Brittany Greenslade. From Global TV, filling in for Greg Mackling this morning. Thanks for doing this, by the way, Brittany. Good Absolutely. to have you around here. And we are joined in studio by Craig Adam. Who's Craig Adam? Well, he is the director of technology for Skip the Dishes. And the headline here is Skip the Dishes Luring Hundreds of Software Developers in 2018. Winnipeg-based company. And again, like this is the, the, the main thing that, this is the main reason why Greg and I in particular always get excited about Skip the Dishes. This is a Winnipeg-based company. And they're looking to hire hundreds of software developers this year. So to tell us more, we are joined by, as mentioned, Craig Adam, Director of Technology. Mr. Adam, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. So hundreds. That, not, where are you going to put them all, first of all? Well, yeah, that's that's actually a good question, and we're working on that. Yeah. yeah. So where are you looking for these developers? So we're looking mostly, you know, here in Winnipeg, obviously, that's, you know, our main target. We also have, uh, you know, we're looking more than just in Winnipeg. We're partnering up with uh, post-secondary uh, institutions like Red River and um, U of M and other universities across the country to try and um, uh get to know, I guess, the people, the new graduates that are coming out of uh, school. Okay. What exactly are these people going to be doing? Yeah, that's a good question. So writing software is the answer. Writing software to help uh, serve our customers. You know, one of the biggest things that we're doing right now is um, growing. You know, you've seen the you've seen the news articles about the exponential growth that uh, Skip has had, and it's been very exciting. Uh, and to keep up with that kind of volume, we need people to help us scale the software to help build it out and uh, make it more robust. So for those who have not used Skip the Dishes, obviously it's a technology-based platform. Can you give us just kind of like a Coles notes on 
what is Skip the Dishes? Oh, yeah, for sure. So Skip the Dishes, I mean, like, it's uh, it lets you order uh, from your favorite restaurants that uh, don't necessarily offer delivery themselves uh, right from an app and have it delivered to your door. Yeah, because I see the, uh, like, I, I often go for a walk. I live on Cordon, so I often walk around Osborne Village and Cordon Village. And you can see the Skip the Dishes people everywhere. They've all got that that sort of universal big carrying case. Uh, so that's just indicative. Like, I'll, I'll see three, four, five of them every time I go for a walk. So how many people do you have currently working on software on a day-to-day basis? Do you know? Well, working on software on a daily basis, I mean, we, we're a growing company. So we, I think, you know, we're over 50 developers right now and growing uh, here in Winnipeg. And we have another satellite office out in Saskatoon where there's, uh, you know, 20 or more developers. Are we going to be seeing more added? I know one of the interesting things that I love about Skip is that you can actually watch where your delivery driver is. I can see he's what street he's on, if he's going to pick up another order. Are you guys going to be adding to those type of services as well? So you're talking about like the features of the software mm-hmm. itself? And yeah, absolutely. Feature development is one of the things that we work on. Um, that plus also performance enhancements and, and whatnot are what drive a lot of our uh, time. How much... Uh, Difficulty does it present when you're trying to create an app that is used on multiple mobile platforms? Like you're not just making an app for iPhone. You're making an app for Android, which is could there are like I have an LG G6. uh, I don't even can't remember which version, but it's not just uh, one version of the app, right? You have to don't you you have to sort of cater to multiple platforms? Yeah, that's actually part of the challenges. We have to make sure that we've got technology in place to support multiple platforms. So we have, yeah, not just Android, but also iOS um, and we have the web platform, which is still popular with a lot of people. Okay. So in order to accommodate this, let's say somebody listening to this radio station right now who has maybe, they think they know they have what it takes, what do they do? How do they get in touch with you? You know, the best way to get in touch is to uh, go to the, our career site at skipthedishes.com sorry, slash jobs, uh, and that will give you the listing of all the jobs we have. But scroll down to the engineering section because that's what I'm really interested in. I really want to see more developers there. And we have more than just software development positions. We have a lot of technical positions that we're trying to build out right now. So that includes, you know, areas of uh, cybersecurity, uh, data analysis, and... Um, and uh, software operations as well. So Skip the Dishes, uh, how old is this company now? Do you know off the top of your head? Off the top of my head? Uh, I want to say it was founded in 2012. How long have you been with the company? I've actually only been with the company since September myself. Oh, really? So you're just a newbie. I'm part of the growth. How about that? (laughs) So is this your initiative to say, hey, we we need like a lot more people to... To see us through the the next step, it's definitely a team effort. But this is something that I think the founders have really uh, been pushing has been to establish a really uh, you know world class tech company in the heart of the prairies. Okay. And we love that. We love Winnipeg based, Winnipeg owned, Winnipeg expanding, creating more jobs here in the city. Yeah, for sure. So you, uh, your office, uh, are you? The, the press release here refers to Skip's open concept loft offices in downtown Winnipeg's historic Exchange District. Are you in that office, or do they have you in a bunker somewhere with a bunch of people <laughs> with uh, no windows, that sleeping kind of thing, over yeah. computers? No, no. Actually, it's beautiful. So we've got, uh, you know, it's a nicely restored kind of uh, heritage building with like big windows and hardwood floors. It's it's really couldn't be nicer. Okay, I am yet to actually. I, I've never used Skip the Dishes. I don't know if I'm just old-fashioned or, or what, but I, Brittany was telling me this morning she uses it all the time. I used it last night. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, well, uh, 
Do you have a favorite? I won't ask you to pick your favorite restaurant, but do you have a favorite style of food that you like to go to? Uh, you know what? I waffle back and forth between uh, Indian food and pizza. So really, those two things. Yeah. How many choices? Uh, like, do you have a? Uh, are there a whole bunch of restaurants you can pick from in those? There are a ton. Yeah, those two categories are very popular. Okay. I actually, you know what? I will plug uh, one Indian restaurant in particular. In particular, the uh, East India. Buffet downtown. Mm. They're on Skip the Dishes? I, I have Skip the Dishes on my phone on multiple platforms, so as I'm leaving work, I can sit there and <laughs> see if it's a late day at work. I'm like, oh, Perfect. do I need to stop at the grocery store? Or <laughs> Usually not. Well, hey, Craig Adam, Director of Technology, thank you for bringing this, this news. This is so exciting. A Skip the Dishes wants hundreds of software. They're looking from across all over the place, but particularly here in Winnipeg because, again, Skip the Dishes is a Winnipeg-based Huge success story. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? <laughs> well done, Jerry. Thank you very much. Tomorrow you can experience a good old-fashioned roast. Comedy roast, that is. Your hood's a joke is on tomorrow night at the Gas Station Theater. You can cheer and jeer as stand-up comics roast each other's territories. To see what we mean, here's a sample from the original Your Hood's a Joke show. I wore a suit jacket. I'm sorry about that. I was told I'd be confronting somebody from Edmonton. I assumed it was from a, the witness box at a trial. Um... <laughs> Edmonton, what a city uh, my buddy Rob here is from. I don't want to pick on him too much, but uh, Edmonton is pretty horrible. It's only natural predator is education. Um... Now, to tell us about tomorrow's roast, we are joined by Lara Ray, artistic director. I'll turn your microphone on. Lara Ray, hello again. Hello. Artistic director for the <laughs> Gas Station Arts Centre, and a couple of comedians have joined Lara. I guess I'm not a comedian. I guess, I guess that's what <laughs> you're A couple of extra <laughs> comedians. Thanks so much. Okay, start off with a little roast, eh? A little passive-aggressive comment there. Interesting. <laughs> Nothing gets by Lara. You are way too quick. You are way too quick. Uh, for me to screw up. <laughs> Kathy Herbert is Hello. here, representing the University of Winnipeg, roasting the U of M, and Tim Gray, repping Cord and roasting Osborne Village. Yes. So that's interesting. And why don't we start with you, Tim, because I currently sure. live on Corden. Yeah. And, and Brittany, I live in Osborne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hit us so, against each other. <laughs> I like are you from, are you, did you grow up in Corden? I didn't uh, grow up in Corden. Where'd you Where? grow up? I grew up in Transcona. Oh, guys, can, can we all speak slower? <laughs> Just, hey, I'll fight you. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, you know, as someone who has lived in both Cord yeah. and Village and Osborne Village, I like them both. Yeah. So how do you? What do you? Can you give us an example? We don't want to give away the show, but sure. Yeah. No. Um, well, yeah. I I also used to live in Osborne Village, uh, and I live in Cordon now. Um, I lived in Osborne Village a few years ago, and then just like about. Uh, Two dozen other businesses I left. Um, oh. uh, <laughs> Closed up um, shop. But Osborne's great, you know, like they have uh, Eric the Great, as you may know. He's a uh, singer, uh, not a songwriter. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he plays a guitar. In, I in an ocean of love, in an ocean of love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, uh, oh, is he the guy who's always in front of the LC? Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. a bit of a troubadour. He, uh, he, for somebody that plays the same three songs for the past five years, you'd think he would learn one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
Okay. I like his versions better. Yeah. <laughs> they're gritty. They're real. Yeah. They're real. Yeah. They're closer to what you experience in Osborne. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now Lara, as someone who you know, the gas station art center is in. It's in the village, yeah, and um, so, um, and I'm in, uh, I was in Walsley, and now I'm in uh, West Broadway, and I love Walsley, but West Broadway, I like better because it's not... um, it's not named after like a problematic historical figure like uh, like Wolseley is, right? Is it West Broadway named after uh, somebody? It's 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 West Broadway, not West <laughs> Broadway. Oh, yeah. oh there's yeah. no there's no yeah. T in it. Is, yeah, there is a T. Yeah. Oh, there is a T in it. <laughs> oh, a T. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then also part of it, uh, University of Manitoba versus the University of Winnipeg. Kathy Herbert representing the U of you're you're representing U of W, right? Yeah. Okay, so. I uh, I remember when I was choosing which university to go to, be it Manitoba or Winnipeg. One of my teachers told me I should go to Winnipeg because I would prefer the uh, or the the smaller class sizes would would suit me better. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to remain anonymous, so I went to the U of M and wanted to just kind of mm-hmm. disappear into the larger classes, which worked against me. Well, it kind of makes sense that you'd want to remain anonymous if you went to the U of M. I'd be pretty embarrassed too, to be quite quite that's honest right. with you. Okay, I'm really embarrassed to let people know that I went there. I One thing that's good about the U of W is the entry uh, requirements a pulse, I believe. <laughs> uh, one thing that's great about the U of M is the entry requirement is just rich parents. <laughs> it's real easy to get in. Yes, yeah. I actually tried to use the uh, the library at uh, the U of M one time, and it said, please enter username, password, and daddy's credit card number. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I love the the idea that the city's explored from spending millions of dollars uh, finding a fast-track bus route to a university where nobody would uh, take the bus. (laughs) Well, you might take the bus to get from where you park your car to your class. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about your hood's joke. This is a show that's happening tomorrow night at the Gas Station Arts Centre and our guests are Lara Ray, Artistic Director for the Gas Station Arts Centre and Comedian. And then we have comedians <laughs> Kathy Herbert who is representing the University of Winnipeg roasting the U of M and then Tim Gray representing Corden in a roast of Osborne Village. And this is a show that was born in Toronto and that's actually where I'm originally from. Okay. You know, which is a good roasting topic, you know. Yeah. Did you get but a smell I, out of your I mean, I live, I've been here for years, as you know, you know, and um, I guess you could say I'm a transplanted Torontonian <laughs> living in Winnipeg. Yeah. Well, but, do you ever feel inclined as a former Torontonian to roast Winnipeg or has it no, now the, the, the No, the transplant was a complete success. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have to say that uh, in order to prevent my mind from rejecting Winnipeg, I have to take drugs for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but no. the the concept, which was uh, co-created by this guy called Dinesh Noir, who's a very famous comic, and his kind of pedigree is interesting. He grew up in the in the Soviet Union, but his family are from India. And so when we bring this to the festival, we're going to do actually because I'm from Glasgow, we're going to do Moscow versus Glasgow. So in the in the hoods a joke that they do uh, in Toronto and Ontario, they do countries, they do schools, they do you know it's a wide diversity of of, of defining neighborhoods. Mm. And so what we're doing this weekend is actually we're kind of doing like a prototype for launching it at the comedy festival and hopefully having it like a long term brand like the debaters, and. I wanted to involve all the local comics, and as Winnipeggers, 
we will allow each other to uh, roast and lampoon all our neighborhoods because we love, you know, we love our successes and we embrace our failures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think when the comedy festival turn uh, come, comes to town, and I learned this when I first moved here, nobody wants to hear somebody from Toronto make fun of uh, Winnipeg. We Not get allowed. very, yeah. we get very unified. <laughs> yeah. It's like this weird inferiority yes. complex. We it have. took me a terribly long time to uh, feel that I was an insider and to and to be able to make jokes about Winnipeg. Really? Well, yeah, they were. I was very rejected when I first got here making jokes about uh, my new place. They just, you know, this attitude, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember I said, because I met Lisa Bass. You remember Lisa in broadcasting? Yeah. First night it. I got here, I met Lisa Bass and I asked her what she did. And she said she was the entertainment reporter for all of Manitoba. Okay. And I said, that must be a little like being the Maytag repairman. Remember that? <laughs> and, and people got very angry. <laughs> and so you learn that, eh? And we, yeah. we're, so we're able to do it now. You know, yeah. it's so interesting. Well, there's Brittany. a fierce loyalty to Winnipeg. Yes. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm from Vancouver. So coming as the outsider, yeah. it's been six years where I feel that yeah. now when I go home and people are like, oh, you live in Winnipeg? I get fiercely protected. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. really pretty. Drive an hour out and there's lakes. And, yeah, yeah, and you feel yeah. this sense of having to protect that now yeah. and defend it, which yeah. I, that took me a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I remember when I was in junior high and this uh, this girl moved from Vancouver and she was saying, I don't, I don't like it here because it's flat and boring. And I just told her, well, grow your own food. <laughs> I think I think there is a certain amount of uh, psychologically distress, psychological distress in a community though when 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 an anonymous tourist uh, writes a letter about how much they enjoyed their trip there it we're we're all in tears at work, you know, when that woman from Brazil, right? Yes. It's like, "Oh my god, thank you for saying that." <laughs> It's Anytime like you're Winnipeg. at the prom by yourself and you're like, Larry, you look so pretty. Oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> like every time Winnipeg gets on one of those must-see lists, oh, right? Yeah, we take yeah. such great pride yeah, in yeah. it, whereas you kind of want to keep it your own secret, right? Yeah. As soon as people start talking about it, we've got great stuff here, but you don't tell us you hate it. We can say we, can say we don't like it, yeah. but don't you say it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, do you remember in 2012, Osborne Village was voted best neighborhood in Canada, and it was on every news publication across Manitoba. Um, Buy it, best neighborhood in Canada.com, <laughs> where for $500 a year, you can be the best neighborhood in Canada. It was pretty much that, yeah. It was the Canadian Institute of Planners. <laughs> you know, they really got their pulse on the best neighborhoods in Canada. Do you want to know who the 2017 recipient is? Yeah. Let's all say, I'm sure we, I mean, we all watch that blog post every oh, yeah. year, right? Mm-hmm. It was uh, Schmidtville, Halifax. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! Wow, that's nice to have Osborne up there with Schmidtville, Halifax. <laughs> I remember I, I I was when the when the Canada Games came and the Pan Am Games came. I was talking about how uh, what a tragic thing it would be, you know, that you're you're going to Tech Vok or whatever school you go to, and you you get up at five in the morning to swim or to run or whatever your athletic discipline is to compete. And then to go to a world-class event like the Canada Games and the Pan Am Games, and not just the excitement of competing with other athletes, but but to go somewhere exotic and then to find out 
that it's in Winnipeg the year you're dead and you don't even get to leave. You've worked so hard to, to, to stick here on the international stage and they say, well, the stage is actually in Transcona. That's where the Valadome is going to be built. So oh, bring, ride your bike to the event. Our guests are here to talk about Your Hood's a Joke. This is hosted by the Gas Station Arts Centre in Osborne Village. Our guests are Lara Ray, who is the Artistic Director for the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Kathy Herbert is here. She is representing the U of W, Roasting U of M, and Tim Gray is repping Corden, Roasting Osborne Village. Brittany, you have made an observation. Uh, Brittany Greenslade from Global Winnipeg has made an observation that uh, we deal with in news all the time mm-hmm. as it relates to streets and what neighborhoods they're in. Yeah, don't get them wrong is what I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> Winnipeggers yeah. will not only roast you, they will get very angry. Uh, if you are on that border, especially if you're one of the Kildonans and you say Transcona mm. or you you screw up one of those Kildonans. Yep. Um, yeah. Try living at the bottom of Sherbrooke and telling people that you live in Walsley. <laughs> the fury. I am... We're, our house is mooning Walsley. That's about, the closest, that's about as close as I can get. <laughs> well, why do you think that is? Tim, why do you think people get so upset about that? Because they have no lives. I mean, sorry, Tim, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's just such open and honest uh, access to internet. It's easy to get your thoughts and feelings out, especially in this day and age of internet commenting. It's crazy. Um uh, but also there's like a fierce pride in in Winnipeg. It's uh, it's because we have to, you know, like uh, if we don't, nobody will. But I, also, I think that helps define our identity as a neighborhood. Uh, and it's funny because like Wolseley West Broadway, they are right next to each other, but they're like, don't you dare associate me with, oh, can I use your community center? <laughs> 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 Fair enough. Yeah. Now, Kathy, um, the, uh, they feed the birds uh, croissants in Walsley, and we just <laughs> use bread and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Kathy, uh, representing University of Winnipeg, roasting U of M. Um, I mean, it, this is all very. Or is there any actual animosity in any of these roasts? Like, you got to bring some Mm. kind of personal anger to the issue, I guess, right? Well, there's anger. There's, I don't know if I want to call it anger, but there's a kind of horrible meanness. Um, But it's it's in a friendly setting. And uh, this is something that I really like about roast shows is that um, everybody... You come to the show and you know that the comedians know each other or that they've at least agreed to do a show together. And so um, the comedians can get very dark in what they say. Um, we're going to go much darker probably on the show than we have been this morning. Um, and it sort of gives the audience permission to laugh at those things because they understand that it's all coming from that place of love. Um, the mm-hmm. safe yeah, space. Like, yeah. We got 30 seconds. Lara Ray, uh, how do we get tickets if we want to go? To um, you can uh, go to Ticket Web and at the door. I was looking at the tickets this morning. So, I mean, it's not a huge theater, right? So they're moving briskly. So I would, you know, suggest bring them in advance. But if you if you get there like half an hour before the show, I think, you know, you have a good chance of getting in. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ticket Web and more information on uh, WinnipegComedyFestival.com. Uh, and then Dinesh Anwar, who co-created this show and, and and brings it out of Toronto, he's coming in tomorrow. We're doing a little workshop with the comics, and then shows at eight o'clock tomorrow night. 
Your Hood's a Joke is the name of the show. 445 River Avenue in the heart of beautiful <laughs> Osborne Village, Canada. Laura Ray, Artistic Director for the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, Kathy Herbert and Tim Gray. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank and thank you, Brittany Greenslade, for filling in for Greg Mappin today. Thank you. It's nice to have you around. Thank you.